Welcome to The Numbers Game. I'm Jace, and I'm joined once again by the lovely Nick and Marty. How are we, boys? Well, you're so seductive when you say it that way, Jace. Lovely mm. to be here. And uh, yeah, I'll just button up my shirt. I'm feeling very vulnerable at the moment. Feeling good? <laughs> feeling good, Nick. How are you, my saucy friend? <laughs> oh, I'm going well, mate. And please don't look at me like that ever again. But uh, uh, going well. Looking forward to... Um, hearing some gold from the CEO of a billion dollar company today and hopefully we'll all come out of it uh, more knowledgeable and better positioned to run our businesses. How are you, Jase? Mate, really good, really good and excited for this stuff. I mean, I think hearing little nuggets of gold from people that are in different spaces, different industries, but have got themselves to, you know, the highest end of, of companies, you know, like billion dollar companies, it's always just great to hear what is their mindset, what are their tips and tricks, and it's also good to relate to them to go, they are just like us. They are humans like us, and they do things that we do. Maybe they're just doing a little bit different, and there's something we can learn from them. So very excited to get into it. Um, we will power through because this one's exciting and punchy. Uh, this episode will be brought to you by the lovely team at Future Advisory. There's that word lovely again, Marty. Um, Future Advisory, getting stuck into all things tax planning at the moment with their clients. We can do all different things all year round. We've talked about financial models and budgets, cash flow planning, um, and even just booking in your tax return to, to get things sorted and have a team that has your back and keeps you on top of it. Futureadvisory.com.au. Now, Marty, you came to us with this one. You uh, must have been reading or you've just kind of read the back of your Ingham's chicken uh, product package and uh, picked up some gold. Uh, why don't you tell us what is on the show today? Well, I was hooking into a lovely chicken Kiev uh, from Ingham's and I thought, you know, I always think about, you know, product tastes great, but what's the business doing? That's just how my mind works. And uh, Andrew Reeves, there was actually an article in regards to um, how he the best career advice he got in running a billion dollar company, and I just thought there was some again, you know, we're all in business. It's just probably we're just at not the billion dollar stage, and like most of our listeners, but there's an absolute gold in that, which applies to all SMEs as well. And one of the first uh, questions was, "What's the best career advice you've ever been given?" And the answer was, "Do the job you are doing now in the way uh, you the best possible way you can, and that will create." future opportunities for you. Don't go hunting promotions or worrying about the next goal. Just be really good in the job you're in and the rest will take care of itself um, and surround yourself with the best possible people you can find. Now, why I like that answer is I've always thought that, like even when I was back at the bank, you know, it was just the key was to follow who were the exceptional operators and how were they doing it? And even to clone their behaviours in order to get the success that they were getting. Like you'd have many people around in the lunchroom, you know, hooking into long lunches, and you could see the, the you could see the personnel that weren't really striving to be better. And and even when people think about going into their own businesses when they have a career somewhere else. They always go, no, I don't really like this. I'm not performing. It'll probably be easier running a business. Wrong. <laughs> absolutely wrong. You want to be absolutely shooting the lights out in your career, doing as well as you can where you, where you are. I don't care if you're mopping the floor or you're in a leadership position. It doesn't matter. Just excel at where you're at and people will notice and you will get opportunity through that. And if you don't, you're doing those behaviours yourself. So if you do transition into a business, you've already disciplined yourself on those great behaviours that you then take into your business. So I really love that comment. 
because I think that that is the key to all success, being exceptionally good at what you do regardless of where you're at. I absolutely love that. You've just taken me back to being 15, working at McDonald's, and I knew I wanted to be a manager. Like I saw what the managers were doing and went, I want that job one day. But I tell you what, did I mop the floors the best I could mop them in the figure eight that we were told, the procedures and policies? Did I shine that stainless steel with that white creamy stuff that I had to rub all over him? I bloody did it. And I worked night shifts and all sorts of stuff. And Greg was there as well. He was actually my crew trainer for anyone who wanted a bit of background into where Greggy and I came from. But, you know, and I love that. That that is great advice. Doing the job that you're in to the absolute best of your capabilities and smashing it. You know, if you start to then think about the next job that you want to be doing and you're focused on that and you're trying to go, I guess, you're not honing the skills and smashing the job you're in because you're worried about the next promotion, it's not the right thing to do. You've got to be really good in the position you're in and think about how that fits in with the organization overall. Um, so I absolutely love that advice and it, yeah, it took me back to mopping floors at McDonald's and just thought I'm putting my all into it. I loved it. Hot, fresh bucket of water. Never use the shitty mop bucket that somebody else left behind. I could see you doing that, but I, <laughs> uh, and doing it really well. But that's the thing you go and you don't. Whenever you hear it, you know when people go, oh, "I'll be good when I get to that," mm. you go, "They're dead in the water." Like they're dead yeah. in the water. I won't be exceptional until I do that job. That's that wrong attitude right there. So I really like that. Nick, have you? Uh, Resonate. I think it's a generational thing. You know, you're both talking about when you were younger, but the reality is this current generation is different. And, you know, we've got so many challenges in our businesses ongoing um, that when you've got young people coming at you with, you know, what's my growth trajectory? Uh, what have I got to do to be there? Um, you know, almost the what are you going to do for me um, kind of thing. And particularly in the last few years where, you know, the labor market, um, is highly stretched and, you know, there's plenty of money going around and it's all about, at, at times as a business owner, it can, it can feel like it's all about me with employees. And that's really challenging because the reality is you're just trying to get the business to a level where everyone can grow. And if the business grows, then everyone gets more opportunity, right? And as long as people come on the journey with you, the opportunity will arise, but they want to know what that opportunity looks like. So it's a real challenge as a business owner, particularly I think, you know, at, at our age and our generation, you've really got to find that balance. You've got to find that balance of, okay, hang on. No, I am an employer. I have responsibility to help my people grow. And what does that growth trajectory look like? But at the same time, you're also, you just want those people to do the right job um, and do a good job and be with you along the growth. And I know within myself and you two guys know that if you're going to reward the right people when the opportunity arrives. So it's it's a real challenge as a business owner trying to have that balance. Um, we have these conversations all the time because you totally understand why people want to know what their growth trajectory is, but all within reason. So yeah, that really resonates with me. Is it like people working with you as opposed to working for you in this you know this day and age, or is it just is that the collaboration now? Well, to me, it should be people working with yeah. you. You know and um, particularly if you're in a small business like ours, and ours is a great example because we've got roles that are appearing that never used to, that never used to be there. So, and we've, we are very, um, we have a high retention rate of staff and that is because we do, we do promote them when the opportunities arrive. But Marty, the reality is I don't know what those opportunities are even going to look like in the next 12 months. I've got an idea, but 
they may happen, they may not. Um, as I said, there's roles that are going to exist next year that don't exist now. So for me, it's that with you is key, um, not for you. Um, we want to keep everyone happy, so we retain everyone. So of course we're going to promote people as we go along. Um, we just need people to to have a little bit of faith in us, I guess, and have a look at um, the history of our business and have a look at how people have grown within our in our business and know that that could be you. But at the same time, as a business owner, you've got to make sure that you then um, you then tick off what you've got to do and you grow the business and you grow the individual. So, yeah, it's a real challenge. Um, I think it's a bigger challenge now with the current generation that it's ever than it's ever been. I like what he said about surrounding yourself with the best possible people you can find. I think um, you know our business got to a certain size where we brought in a senior leadership team. And, you know, the people you choose in your senior leadership team are the ones you're surrounding yourself and spending the most time with. And you want to be challenged. You, you know, you don't want people that are just happy to kind of accept what you say as gospel and, and go with it. You want people in that, that are surrounding you to challenge you, to, to embrace different ideas, to push innovation and technology and all these things these days. Otherwise, if you've got people that are just going to say yes and agree with you all the time, you're just going to end up being, you know, the... I guess, a echo chamber of your own thoughts rather than some fresh ideas being brought to the table. Even from generations, like I'm 51 and I think the majority of the office is probably aged between 25 and 40. But I love that because, again, the 50-year-olds I'm talking to are winding down. You know, they've they've done that. They've done all that work and looked at all various things in their own generations and they're still very, very useful and have a lot of wisdom. But to be challenged by the youth coming through, it's invigorating and I think... Yeah, that's that's a big decision for me. It keeps me fresh. It keeps me on the ball, and and I'm learning. Yeah, I'm learning, and I think as long as you're learning and you're curious and you're executing, it's uh, yeah, it's a good life. So yeah, I think that's really important to surround yourself with that with people. Um, the other thing that he said was the moment. Uh, is there a moment in your career that changed everything? And he said just uh, just before he took on his first general manager leadership role, he was sent to Harvard Business School uh, for one of their executive education programs. That was an incredible thing to do because it was incredibly uh, stimulatory environment, being taught by some of the best academics in the world and sharing that experience with a whole range of leaders from different countries and different industries. It really opened up my eyes to the possibility of what business uh leader leader could look like and I thought you you two would resonate because you're you're actually going through studies or have been through studies uh from from Harvard uh you know getting yourself ahead in that in that criteria it's a really good point and not to not to downplay any of the education but I I think I think the bigger part of it is the people that you surround yourself with in those Mm. groups and you know Jason and I've done um, a leadership course recently, and the content was fantastic. It was actually Harvard content, and it was absolutely brilliant. But you get just as much, if not more, um, out of the person leading the content. Number one, because they've got the experience. Um, but the other, the other leaders in the room who are all running businesses, um, they've all gone through, in a lot of cases, similar challenge, but challenges, but also different challenges. So I, I think I. Yeah, you learn just as much of those people that are sitting in the same room, which I can see what's stimulating for for him, or it was stimulating because you're like, geez, I'm with all of these fantastic business operators. How good's this? You get new connections. Um, yeah. 
you need to expose yourself to that consistently. I couldn't think. agree more. And, and again, this has taken me back on journeys that when, if I looked at that and said, what was a moment in your career that changed everything? I went and did a course called Business Blueprint when I was like 23, 24 years old as a baby junior accountant. And I was in a room with 300 business owners, all round table kind of format, presenters on stage talking about, you know, how business owners could put in systems and processes and websites and marketing tools and all this stuff. And this was 12 years ago. And, and it was talking about all these things. And I sat there as an employee in that room. And a lot of the business owners were like, you wouldn't understand the problems we're going through because you're just an employee. And I was like, well, actually, I'd challenge you on that because here's what I know. And I work as an accountant and this is how we can help and blah, blah, blah. But that was a career changing moment, like sitting there doing that course, because all of the stuff that got filled in my head was one thing. But as you said, Nick, people that I was surrounded with, I've still got some of those people that were in the room 12 years ago and now clients of mine at Future Advisory. And when we communicate, we're going back to that place of all that content and topics that we learned back then. We're, talk we're still talking about that today, 12 years later. And I think one of the things that, that, is, that I'll take forward from there is great CEOs and great employees and great business owners will embrace continuous learning. You are never done learning. It's never over. So being curious and having a lifelong like learning um, craving, you want to stay up to date. You want to read new books. You want to check out you know, current information and topics and market trends. You've got to be across all this. And it's, you can never just turn a blind eye to these things because the business landscape is forever changing. And without reading and staying on top of trends or reading you know, help books and whatever else, you can't get there. So this is also a thing that I look at with employees that we hire. Do they read? Are they interested in learning? Are they continually learning themselves outside of work? Or are they coming in, punching a nine to five clock and hoping that they're going to get all of the learning on the job? Because if you're not doing it yourself at home, you're not going to get ahead in your career to the point where, let's say, Andrew Reeves got to as a billion dollar CEO. What I, what I really liked, the, the word you said there, which is something that I've been thinking about is trends. It's not just about educating yourself to be uh, better at what you do or advancing your own skill set. I think for us, particularly in the last couple of years, we need to be across the trends and what's happening in the wider market, what's happening with other industries. So I think as a leader, that's one of your key responsibilities to understand, <clears throat> understand economics and understand what's happening in the world and how those trends could impact your business. If you're not doing that, um, through reading, education, catching up with other people, then you're not doing your job as a leader in, in my opinion. So I really like the fact that you said trends because I think people think about education as, oh, you're going to teach me something and I might not know about how to do my job. But what you don't know what you don't know. So what don't you know about other industries, about some tech that's coming, AI? And it's it's not possible to do that all within business hours. And I'm not saying you should spend countless hours outside of your nine to five or whatever your hours are, but being curious, being hungry to learn. You know, you can do that outside of work and not treat it as a chore like, oh, I've got to learn more because, you know, because of my job just literally being curious and, and, and feeding yourself some information rather than the extra hour of scrolling on Facebook or Instagram. What, what's a brilliant thing? This is why I love working with you gents because you are constantly on that journey of uh, learning and you realise the more you learn, the more you don't know too, which is another thing as you get older. Mm, so there's a constant God. hunger for, for getting more. But what you said on trends is the key. Like I, I don't educate myself on the book smarts in regards to what corporate business looks like or you know, what, what's the, you know, the rope pathway most people go. But I look at the trends that I experience in business and I'll educate based on wanting to know more. So, for instance, I could never understand as a leader 
why I could see potential in someone and then they weren't performing up to that standard. So I had to understand people drivers and I did courses in systems of thinking with spiral dynamics and how models worked in different countries and corporations. So I could get an understanding as to what's the gap that was the gap between my assumption on someone and actually the performance of someone. And I realised in my early 30s that that's, that's a significant gap and that gap costs a lot of money when you don't get it right. Now, I still don't always get it right, but I have a formula at least to go, okay, if this person's doing this, this and this, ultimately they might not get there. If they're doing this, this and this, there's a chance they should get there. Um, but And that's all based on studies in various different corporations, but it's outside the, the, the normal parameters of learning. So I've done that for myself, either in personal development or business development. And I've always really enjoyed that because it's been relevant to my learning in real time in business as to me seeking that education piece or that or the books I read or I it's in real time and I, I love that it feels more dynamic I feel like I'm in the game and um, that's helped me a lot over particularly over my 30s and 40s so yeah I'd encourage that viewpoint as well good uh, the next one I'll jump to is uh, Nick will like this one this mm-hmm. Nick, Nick I saw that you, you both are very good at this much better than I am do you have a morning ritual or exercise routine He goes, yes, I do. I do lap swimming or a gym workout. Swimming is great physical exercise because it's quite demanding. It's also just great to get the stress to leave and just let your mind wander. It's either done very early in the morning or in the middle of the day. Now, gents, I'll open the floor because you guys are fantastic at this. Oh, Nick, Nico, you go, the swimming man. Oh, yeah, I am a swimming man, but I've only, well, I want to say recently, probably only discovered swimming in the last 18 months and – before I go into that, I think what kind of resonates with all good leaders is that morning ritual. Mm. doesn't matter who you talk to, um, whether they're leading um, you know, in a finance industry or manufacturing or whatever. Um, it's the structure around the morning ritual that seems to, um, <clears throat> seems to be really uh, common um, and almost a must, I think, for, for busy people. Swimming, swimming for me has been amazing. Um, uh, you <laughs> When you're, when you're lap swimming, you're staring at a black line, your mind does wonder, uh, wonder, but it's, it's, it's a form of meditation, right? Mm. Because these things are going through your head and I, you know, Jace, you run a lot. So it'd be the same as running where you're just thinking about things coming in, digesting them. Um, personally for me, I've gotten into ocean swimming, which has been an absolute next mm. level game changer because you, your mind doesn't really wonder when you're ocean swimming, you're pretty focused on what you're doing and you know, you're trying to stay on on path and you're making sure that you're um you're making sure you're not you're not blowing yourself up and you're going to have enough energy to get to where you go because it's you know it's not like swimming a lap so yeah it's whatever it is whether it's swimming or running i think um having something where you can just have time to yourself um like i even when i used to run a lot of the times i wouldn't use a um i wouldn't put music in because i actually wanted the thoughts to go mm. through my head um it was a way to, to clear the mind. So, yeah, I can definitely attest to that. And it just sets you up for the day. You know, you come in, you feel better. We've spoken about this numerous times on the podcast. But, um, yeah, the big thing for me is that routine and it just keeps on coming forward no matter who you talk to. 
who's a leader, they've all got a routine. Mm. It might not always be exercise. It might be meditation, reading, whatever it might be, but that routine yeah. is um, seems to be imperative. Get that question to you know the top 100 CEOs in the country, do you have a morning ritual or exercise routine? 100 out of 100 are going to have a ritual or an exercise routine, and most of it's probably going to start at some point in the morning. So a um, bit the same. Um you know, got to do it, got to clear the head, got to have something done in the morning so that I start the day feeling ready just to tackle anything that, that flows my way. And, you know, Nick and I are just two guys that are having a crack, right? We're, we're not necessarily these, you know, so anyone out there can can implement this stuff in their lives and see the difference. And I think one of the most common things that any top CEO, when they're interviewed, they go on about a work-life balance and having the exercise routine or the morning ritual is part of that work-life balance. It's discipline too, right? Like it's uh, that's the word I keep coming back discipline. to. I know Marty, you've mentioned accountability in the notes, and it's accountability, it's discipline. If you are, if you're a disciplined person, then you know, and you're a leader, then people around you will see that. But how can you expect people around you to be disciplined or accountable if you're not disciplined or accountable yourself? And that doesn't mean you're working twelve hours a day. Like if the sun's shining, you need to go for a walk to clear your head. Then as a as a leader, you do that. Um, but what are the disciplinary disciplinary actions that you're doing and um for me if, you, if you're a leader and you're not disciplined then it can all unravel pretty quickly yeah and if you're struggling get a dog because you walk it every morning as well to mix in with your study so it's a good one but i i used to 30s and 40s always gym 5 30 in the morning that was that was my routine so it's um it's a good thing to do i'll move on to the next question which i, I think you'll enjoy uh what's the most important thing you look for when you're hiring someone so for this gent, uh, particularly in senior people, their comfort with being accountable is the most important thing to me. I think that's one of the differentiators of uh, really good and effective leaders who are able to live up to their commitments. Such a good response. I love that mm. response. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And we've, from personal experience, we've got quite a young team. Um, you know, we've been punching above our weight for years. We've grown quite substantially and we implemented um, some technology, basically dashboards that showed live figures day to day of their billing, like the team's billing targets versus their monthly goals, a bunch of other stuff as well. But a lot of the time, you know, for a business to be successful, one of the clear things that we need, we talked about in a previous episode, is that we need to hit our billing targets to be able to pay the bills, pay rent, pay wages, whatnot. So we focused on that a lot. But when we implemented this for the first time and started, you know, talking about it a lot, there was, it was a lot of, uh, what's the word, like being accountable and, you know, being, owning those figures and knowing what your targets were and going for them. It, it caused a bit of unrest at first and we're, we're, you know, a bit of education and we've come to the other side of that. And now my team members that are thriving, they are so accountable to their numbers. They plan in advance. They know what work they're working on for the whole month. They know what jobs they're doing this week this day, this hour to hit their targets and hit what they're going to achieve. And I can see these team members becoming the next senior leaders of, of our organization. Um, and the other ones that are already in those senior leadership positions, the ones that are thriving, they're doing this every day. And it's not the be all and end all, it's part of their job, but being accountable and you know being able to go, you know what, I'm going to own that you know, and step up and you know, accountability is fantastic. And that's, that's a key. So brilliant. You see that too, Nick? Yeah, definitely. Account- accountability and then, you know, work ethics, mm. the other one, you know. It's, um, you know, walk the walk the talk, I guess, is the big thing. And then, again, it comes back to what we are talking about before, discipline. Um, if you're disciplined, then 
that to me is, is accountability as well. So, um, but yeah, work ethic, you know, I think um, Marty and I were talking the other day, we listened to a, a podcast on Craig Hutchison. So the guy that's, everyone knows who Hutchie Hutchie. is or everyone in Melbourne will know who Hutchie is. And uh, I didn't, I didn't understand how successful he actually was mm. until I listened to this podcast. He was on the Howie games with Mark Howard and um, he now runs and owns um, SEN. I think he said they've got about 60 radio stations and they turn over a hundred million dollars. I think yeah, Marty, hundred mil. they said, but he just came back to work ethic and he said, you know, and he's obviously downplaying his own talents. He's obviously highly skilled and talented, but Work ethic was all he had to hang his hat on. So something that he said that resonated with resonated with me that is that when he gets young people in, it's work ethic because that's what he can relate to. You know, there's a lot of things that you can overcome with work ethic. Worth ethic to me then ties back to discipline, which then ties back to accountability. So I think if you've got those three things nailed, um, can't great, go wrong. great podcast Perfect. that one. And um, he said in regards to people f- like following up sales calls, he goes, when you ring someone once, they'll generally you know, hang up on you. Uh, if you ring someone twice, you know, you're annoying. If you ring someone three times, same. By the time you get to the sixth or seventh call, people go, geez, this, pl- this bloke won't let up or this person mm. won't let up. I have to let them in the door. And it was just that work ethic and, you know, that hunger to find a way uh, is pretty – and there's a lot of other great stories in that podcast but worth, worth a listen to. I really enjoyed it. Um, the last question, uh, what's the secret to good leadership? Uh, two things I think are really, really crucial. One is that issue of personal accountability, and it's really taking that seriously so people can have trust and confidence in the commitments you make. The second thing is to surround yourself with the best people possible you can find and really work on building outstanding teams. So again, we've covered probably a lot in the previous questions, but again, when someone's accountable to their performance, uh, building great teams that, and we've found that you know on, on a smaller scale, obviously to Ingham's, but when you have high performers within a team, they just strive together and they learn from each other almost to the point where people think they're cheating the system because they're learning so much off mm. great performers and they're invigorated by their teams. And that's a wonderful, wonderful environment to be a part of because you just find levels of performance you didn't even know existed in yourself because you're learning in real time off what people are doing to be successful in their roles so uh yeah i really enjoyed that too yeah i mean i just again i've always my brain's kind of taking me and comparing to things but just in that answer where it talked about personal accountability and commitments and then surrounding yourself with the best possible people i just went this podcast where it maybe i think 106 episodes um, we're personally accountable. You know, we get in, we get it done. We're not making excuses for for putting hours into pre-recording and, and podcast episodes. And we've surrounded ourselves with people that are, you know, working on doing the same thing. So, you know, that was what popped into my head. So it's great advice. I mean, and secret to good leadership. It's, you know, so many other CEOs and, and so many other people might have answered that question with like, you know, strong communication skills or you know, best leadership qualities, embracing diversity, you know, all these different things. But that's just really simple answers which are relatable. So I love that by Andrew Reeves. It's, um, you know, Ingham's chicken. What a guy. Fantastic. Some <laughs> great gold there. Uh, if you'd like any financial advice, please feel free to reach out. We're here to help. Future advisory, innovate. We're going all in to serve. So until next time, thank you, gents. And thank you, audience, for listening in. Game over. <laughs>